You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Okay, well, let's speak to the coach and he can give us uh, more of an insight into both uh, Brennan Goddard and the year that has been for Essendon. Ultimately disappointing, but the promise is certainly there. Uh, John Worsfold joins us. Thanks for your time, John. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Uh, how's it feel this morning? Does it feel a little weird, given how strongly you finished the season? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it feels weird, but uh, yeah, it feels a bit um, like unsatisfied, I suppose, is the word. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're into our um, reviewing um, phase already, which uh, yeah, doesn't, doesn't feel like we're, we are ready to do that, but we have to because we didn't do well enough to qualify for the eight. Just on Brendan, um, when did you come to a final decision on it? Was it something that was really up in the air? And was it about your list and who you thought you might be able to get or how you want to shape your list? Or was it purely about Brendan and what he could deliver your, your team? Uh, yeah, well, the, uh, the decision was really made uh, last week. Um, and uh, because of uh, the nature of our industry, once we'd made the decision, we felt it was fair on Brendan to uh, communicate that immediately. So, uh, you know, basically within within an hour of the decision being finalised, uh, I was talking to Brendan. Um, and, yeah, overall, the decision is... It's, it's too hard to put it into, into uh, you know, one bracket. It, we weigh up so many things. Um, Brendan, I've got no doubt, could have played solid AFL footy next year. Um, and, but I also have no doubt that he would have slowed up a little bit on this year. Uh, that's just uh, how it works as we get older, and especially when you're starting to get into your mid-30s. Uh, and we do have uh, what we believe is a really talented crop of young players coming through that are heading into their third or fourth season. So um, it's not as though uh, they're first or second year players that are going to be pushing um, Brendan potentially out of the lineup. But the kids like Francis... Uh, who we're seeing how quickly he's coming on. Um, Redmond, Ridley, Gleeson back next year. Uh, they're all guys that um, haven't played a lot of footy in the back half this year through a variety of reasons. So weigh that up, um, weigh up spots on the list and decisions we have to make about uh, whether we uh, need room to trade in a potential player or two. Uh, all that gets thrown into the mix and ultimately um, you come up with your decisions. Do you think he has got something to offer potentially for another club who are at a different stage? I've got no doubt, yeah, but that's up to every club individually to weigh up where they're at. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always about um, what do you need, what's available, uh, who's out there. Brendan, in terms of his experience uh, and overall leadership and, and what he can teach, but also what he can contribute on the field, um, it's still that AFL level. Um, so really that's up to for a club to say, have they got a spot on their list that they're prepared to, that they need that type of player and that um, that they can afford to have a player on the list for one, maybe two years. Just on your, back to your team, John, uh, probably just, it's just torturing yourself, but if you'd fallen into eighth place, 
Would you have pretty strong confidence that you could get at least into a second or maybe even a third week in September? Oh, absolutely. And I think you, you always hope that. Um, if you make the eight, uh, even if you finish eight, you, uh, you'd like to think you're a chance to get uh, in, in that first week of the finals especially. So, um, uh, yeah, look, I think we've had pretty good form against the good teams in the competition this year, um, even down to, you know, the last month where uh, we, we pushed Hawthorne and Richmond in pretty solid uh, performances without being good enough to beat them. So, yeah, that, that, that really now we just uh, we can ponder it, but uh, we're never going to know, and uh, we now have to work hard to see if we can get the opportunity next year. John, it's Bob here. Uh, well done last night. I, I appreciate you'd have you'd have mixed mixed emotions about about the season as a whole after last night and, and just missing out on the eight. But w- do you, when you cast your mind back to that Carlton game, what 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 are the what are the emotion? Is it is it that real twinge of that's the what that's just the one that got away? And that's the one that hurt us, or is that is, is it sort of is that the point where you, where the club after that point really you know hit its straps? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of both. I don't really look at the Carlton game as one game in particular. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we only won 12 games, so we needed to win one more to make the finals, or we needed to perform better in those 12 wins to have a better percentage. And so that's over the course of 22 rounds, not just the one game. Um, and, you know, as much as we can say that, Sydney could look and say they got beaten by Gold Coast and give us that win if you're going to give... Uh, Essendon and the Carlton win, give us the Gold Coast win, and then you, you end up in the same spot. So every club can look at the one that got away. Um, they, they balance out, I believe, over the course of the year. So, um, you know, Hawthorne lost to Brisbane down in Tassie, which there's no way they, no one would have predicted that. So, yeah, ultimately, over the, over the 22 home and away rounds, our consistency of performance delivered us 12 wins and a, and a percentage of around 105. And, that shows how much we've got to improve to, uh, to become a real contender. Can I ask you about one of your players? I, I keep a close eye on the on the halfback flank fraternity, and I want, I want to ask you about uh, Adam Saad, who's who's more of a um, defibrillator to a game of football than he is a halfback flanker. He just injects something so unpredictable and brings a chaos to the game that I'm not sure we've ever really seen. What, in in coaching, Adam, how, how do you? What sort of instructions do you give him, or do you just kind of give him a bit of um, a bit of free reign to, to run and create and, and, and try and unsettle the opposition? Uh, yeah, that's a good question because um, yeah, he, I think I had the defibrillator out for myself earlier. Going, <laughs> which way he was going to go? <laughs> we had Ford uh, hitting up the ground to him, and he would just take off at right angles in another direction. <laughs> Uh, and all of a sudden, we'd have no one to kick to. But, um, yeah, obviously, I've learned a fair bit about Adam over the course of the year. Not only, uh, you know, what he brings in terms of his uh, footy, but his personality and how to talk to him during the week and, and how to, uh, you know, get a feel for how he is on match day as well. And I've really enjoyed that. He's a, he's a quality young man and he's got a good sense of humour. And um, Overall, uh, yeah, ultimately... He, he can do two things. He can actually defend really well one-on-one. He's got great closing speed. Uh, he doesn't, he's strong in the body. He doesn't really get held out of contest. And if the ball does hit the ground in those contests, uh, he can win it and be gone straight away. So, you know, he, he was deep on Robbie Gray a fair bit last night. And I know Mark Harvey was keen to try and get him up the ground. But it, we're also happy with him defending really good players deep because we know at some point, even if, he wins it deep, he'll still break lines and get going. So, uh, 
we're not desperate to have him high up the ground to try and really carve up through the middle of the ground all the time. We're happy for him to, to start our rebound from deep as well, which, which is a nice uh, strength to have. So we don't have to react too much to what the opposition are doing. And what about Aaron Francis? How important was the, you know, the last month of the season just for his confidence? Because he looks like he's going to be a star. Yeah, it was massive for him. You know, he's really uh, done a huge amount of work this year. Uh, as much on learning about himself uh, and a little bit about, the, you know, the pressure of the AFL environment and how he can cope with that. Um, as much, you know, he's always had supreme confidence in his own footy ability. So to actually uh, hang in there for a long period in the VFL until we really felt it was the right time for us and for him to come into the team to uh, to get the maximum benefit out of it uh, and reduce the risk of him coming in and maybe not reaching expectations and feeling added pressure. He, he really uh, bought into that and committed to it, as frustrating as it was for him for a while, and even for our supporters for a while. They wanted to see him. Uh, and then it, it came together. He, he played really well first up. Then he had a really struggled against Hawthorne where he learnt a lot. Uh, but we backed him in, you know, there, uh, to, to bounce back from that Hawthorne game and to learn from it. And, you know, he finished off really well. John, your recruiting targets came up trumps. I'm sure that'll be quite clear when you get to best and fairest night with Devin Smith and then Sard and Stringer. How specific are you in, in what you want this time around for next year? Well, yeah, we're always fairly specific. We we have like a a, uh, a list, you know, probably um, that we prioritise about what's what's ultimately the number one thing we need, and then if uh, if that's not possible, what else would strengthen our list? And then it, sometimes it comes down to what's available as well. So, you know, all of a sudden you may be thrown into the mix of a, a trade either directly with another club or in a in a three way deal that may be happening that you think okay well we hadn't really considered looking for that type of player but that player in particular could add you know massive benefit to our list so you've got to be ready to move and adjust and, and uh, that's where the constant communication as a list management committee happens throughout that period so yeah we, we do have um, priorities that we'd be looking for but that doesn't guarantee that you'll get them in that order what is your number one priority uh i I won't declare that. Um, I'll keep that close to our chest. But, um, you know, it's, it's fair to say that uh, basically anything that we think can up our list and make it better, whichever area it is, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about earlier in the year about a big-body midfielder for us, but uh, our midfield has really grown and performed really well throughout the year. Uh, and with, you know, David Myers having probably his best year for the club and Kyle Langford uh, in his first really good run as a, as a midfielder showing a massive growth, um, all of a sudden that priority doesn't become you know, as critical. Not to say that we would um, continue to look at the availability of players out there. So, um, yeah, on we go and we'll see what, what may unfold. So it was three last year, and that is a coup, I reckon, getting three. Is, would you like to add three again? Is it one? Is it two? What's your ideal? Uh, yeah, well, what you can bring in depends um, on what you can give up. Last year, we had uh, some high draft picks. Um, so this year, because I think we... I can't remember exactly, but I think we traded out one of maybe our second-round pick this year. So it does get a bit tighter. We don't have quite as much to take to the table. So that will dictate. Um, I wouldn't expect that we would bring three in and um, probably not even two. So, But we will be open to explore all that. Um, 
So again, it really depends on what you're prepared to uh, to sell to bring things in. Who wins the flag, John? Well, yeah. Look, I've uh, been really impressed with uh, with Richmond, um, not only directly against us, but obviously their their current form is outstanding, and their form at the MCG is uh, is really strong. So um, I think they're in the box seat. Biggest danger of the rest? Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, You're a tough man, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, I really don't know. Um, I'll, oh. If I go with my heart, I'd say West Coast. You know, I'd like to see them. Um, you know, if they do end up with a, a home final, that really gives them the opportunity to progress strongly and, and maybe get through. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as you said, a, a, a bit of a, a bittersweet way to end the season, but certainly Bomber fans would have every reason to be pretty excited about what's to come. Uh, thanks for being with us uh, through the season. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.